Welcome to Connecting the Dots. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Bible study. You ready for some Bible study? This is Joseph Brownlee, your host of Connecting the Dots. Welcome to Verse by Verse Bible study on this Sunday, November 6th. Sunday, November 6th. Oh, wow. It's been a long day. I have been at work, but by the grace of God, I have time to do some Bible study. Man, I, I, I love Bible study. It's very important for the believer to start studying the Word of God. It's even more important. Your reading the Bible becomes alive when you learn how to study God's Word rightly divided. Let me repeat that. When you read the Word of God, it comes to life when you have studied it before, whatever book, whatever passage, or whatever subject or topic you have studied, it, it becomes life when you have studied the Bible, when you read it. So when you go, for instance, if I studied a chapter, just say I studied the book of Galatians, and I studied it verse by verse. I looked at the history. I, I, I searched who the author were, or who were, who was the author, who the author was talking to, et cetera, what group of people, et cetera, stuff like that, the backgrounds, the history, the time. I have studied Galatians. So therefore, when I get ready to read Galatians to myself or read it to someone else, I can explain verse by verse more openly and clearly to someone because what? Because why? Because I studied the day before or an hour or a couple of hours before I prepared myself, okay? So my reading becomes more clear. Whether I'm reading to myself or I'm reading to someone else or I'm reading to a child, I am able to explain what I'm reading because you can read a book to a child and a child, uh, uh, most children like pictures. They like excitement. They like, they like to get a picture. They like to see a photo. I had, I used to uh, listen to this old, uh, one of my teachers years ago when I lived in Mobile, Alabama. And he used to always say, focus. The Bible is like making a movie or looking at a movie. So he'll teach it that way. He'll break down the background or who to where or whatever the people and stuff like that. Therefore, when we read the Bible, it comes to life because we was taught. We was taught how to study. That's how you grow in the spirit of God. That's how you grow in the things of the Bible. You have to learn how to study the Bible, but study it rightly divided. Okay. All right. I'm not going to do a teaching on that, but what I'm going to do if you, uh, my last uh, Bible study I've done on Connecting the Dots, we looked into the book of James. We compared the teachings of Paul against the teachings, over, uh, against the teachings of James. It was like a Paul versus James thing. I don't think like that. I don't like to say that, but it was like the, the, uh, the teachings of Paul compared, yeah, that's the better word, compared to the teachings of James. If you haven't seen, heard that, please, I recommend you, before you even get into this one, go back to there, that teaching, and you will get a lot out of that. It's a verse-by-verse -verse teaching, a little verse-by-verse -verse teaching that's not real long, 30-some, 40 minutes long, that gives you an open view, the different lingo and a different language when it comes to grace, 
when it comes to salvation. The difference between the teachings of Paul and the teachings of James, because there is a difference. They do not teach the same gospel. Okay, then I gave you a little breakdown of that. Today, I'm going to do a, a verse by verse, a little bit of verse by verse comparison between Paul and Peter. Okay, but I want to get let you know up front. The reason that I'm doing this, because I want you to understand, I want you, I keep saying chew, <laughs> old way of talking. I want you to understand there is a difference in the teaching and the message and the utterance between Paul, James, Peter, and John. Why those two? And even the earthly ministry of Jesus. I've done a lot of teaching on that and, and some of my other teachings in Connecting the Dots. You must research that. There's a lot of teaching on the difference and the different styles and the way they approach it, even when it came to the gospel, salvation, works and no works and conditions or unconditions and different things like that. You know, because that's very important. Like I said, when you reading the Bible, that's why studying to show yourself approved. Not being ashamed, rightly dividing the word of God, like Paul told Timothy, is very important. It's, it's broad. It's very important. Okay? How to divide the word of God. How to rightly divide the word of God. Okay. Now, what I'm going to do now, I'm going to do a little comparison with uh, Peter and Paul. So what you're going to get out of this, and you're going to know, if you're paying attention, I hope you got a pen, because I'm going to be hitting a few scriptures, a few verses. I'm going to hit a lot of uh, Paul's verses, uh, letters, his letter, mainly in Galatians, mainly in the book of Galatians. I'm going to try to keep this about 30, 35 minutes or so, whatever like that, because I want to get through this. It's, it's, it, it, it really does not take long. Now, you, we could do a, a whole in-depth study the different teachings of Peter and Paul and John, and that would take a while, you know, but it's worth it. But time constraints that I have, I want to do a little, I like to call it a cliff note or a quick study on a verse comparison between this time, Paul and Peter. Peter was one of the 12 apostles under Jesus' earthly ministry. Paul is the apostle under Jesus' heavenly ministry when Jesus died. So you got that right. Remember that. Peter's ministry was to the Jews. The same was James. And I'm going to prove that. Peter's ministry was to the Jews. Paul's ministry was to everyone else. I say it like that because it's mainly Gentiles. Gentiles mean other nations. But there was quite a few Jews that got saved under the gospel of Paul as well. But the majority of the people that were saved under the teachings of Paul were Gentiles because Jesus strictly sent Paul to the Gentiles. You you got that much. I want I want to get that out there because people read excuse me. Oh sorry about that the sinus always starts when I get started. They read Paul's letters, which is thirteen letters. They read First and Second Peter. They read James. They read First and Second, Third John, even the book, the Revelation of John and Saint John, and they assume the Bible's not telling them that their traditional teachers or their pastors and ministers or their church goings and their surroundings taught us that they basically teach the same thing with a little bit of difference when it comes to Paul, because Paul always like a red thumb. He stands out. 
And I used to wonder why Paul stands out. But anyway, traditionally, we just assumed, most of us, not all of us, assumed that they talked the same thing. That's why it was it's, it's a lot of confusion in denominations, because the confusion of thinking Peter, I'm going to start with Jesus, Jesus' earthly ministry, Peter, James, John, and the rest of the apostles, I'm putting emphasis on them because they was like the pillars and the leaders of, you know, the little flock and the rest of the apostles, you know, the rest of the nine. Peter, James, and John, which have their own books as well, uh, teach the same thing. But as I try to do this, I want you to see that they did not teach the same thing. One taught the law. One taught only to Israel, the Jews. One taught grace, and one was sent and taught only to Gentiles. That's the first thing you need to understand when you learn, when you are learning the Bible and how to study God's Word. I have to learn. I've been learning now for uh, close to four years now, and I have been awakened. The Bible has come to light to me now, and I've been I've been saved over thirty five years now, but. How to rightly divide God's word, I've just been doing this for four years. That means I've been blind and I had to drop off and get rid of a lot of traditional teachings that was not right. It was error. And I had to do that. Someone had to show me and teach me, listen closely, how to dispensationally, rightly divide God's word. So I don't teach the Bible no other way without dispensationally, rightly dividing God's word. So what I'm going to do now, we ain't going to get into all that. If you want to know more about that, just check out my teachings and stuff like that. And I also, before I get started, I, I, uh, I have another podcast that's called uh, Body of Christ Real Talk. It's more of uh, more of a, a a wide open topic subject. It's, so I deal with different subjects. It's not only Bible like this right here, like connecting the dots. It's not only Bible study dealing with the Bible for the saved mostly, but unsaved can listen to this too. But it's mainly for the saved because if you are spiritually alive, you can get a better understanding of what the Word of God is saying. But uh, Body of Christ Real Talk is like an open topic. It's almost like a little newscast. It keeps you updated what's going on around the world, what's going on locally, and et cetera, stuff like that. But I bring it all to a biblical perspective. Please check out bodyofchristrealtalk.com. You will find that on different outlets of podcasts, iHeart. You'll find that on uh, Spreaker. You'll find that on, uh, I think it's on Apple, I think, because I'm on, both, I'm, on, I'm on four different podcasts and everything like that. Body of Christ Real Talk, you find a lot of controversial, deep, interesting topics and subjects on that show. Very good show, I believe. I can say so myself. Okay, let's get into this. Comparing Paul's teachings with Peter's teaching, you know. Let's get into that right now. First, I want to give you a little uh, opening. I give you a little room, Peter. I told you Peter is one of the twelve uh, disciples. Then, when Jesus' earthly ministry, they laid on down the line, they would became apostles, messengers of God, special sent ones, messengers. That's what apostles are. Now, uh, 
I heard one guy, and I agree with him. Apostles are not transferable. Anybody could not become apostle. You had to be right there. You had to be, you had to see Jesus' death, burial, and resurrection. You had to be through all that to become an apostle. So anybody that called them apostles today are misled. They're not apostles. So to be an apostle, you had to be there with Jesus, his death, burial, and resurrection. You had to be under his teaching or under his wings to become a messenger for Jesus to become an apostle. So apostle, you just cannot be ordained apostle. You just cannot transfer that special, that special anointed position over to anybody. It only, it only can be transferred by Jesus Christ to certain people. I don't care who said, but the most important thing you must remember that if you wasn't there with Jesus, I ain't talking about spiritually, physically. If you wasn't there with Jesus, you didn't witness and you didn't walk with him. You didn't witness his death, burial, resurrection or anything like that. You cannot be called an apostle. That's not your field. You're not an apostle. That's just real right there. OK, so it was only for the ones that follow Jesus. So apostles, there's no apostles today. Apostles was used for a certain reason at that time for Israel. Paul was separated. He's the only apostle that was for the Gentiles. Now, now I'm not going to, he started off the first apostle for the Gentiles, but you have Barnabas, you have Silas, and, you know, and Paulos and different ones like that. Now, they, some of them was apostles as well. But Paul, apostleship, stand off. He, you know, he had the gifts and everything, you know, like these so-called apostles, they don't have none of that. But they was doing miraculous signs or whatever like that. The apostles okay so um, let me get off that but i'm just trying to give you an introduction who peter was they started off as the disciples disciples mean the learned ones and then they was uh ordained apostles by jesus christ because they followed they seen his death burial resurrection and they was under the wing of jesus even later on matthias had to be around that group even though you didn't hear about him, he he replaced the judas matthias in book of acts replaced with judas when when judas uh uh, hung himself. So you had to be around Jesus in his death, burial, resurrection to be named an apostle. Okay. All right. I had to get that out there. So Peter and them was disciples and they became apostles and, and they, they, they miss, message went out in the book of Acts. Okay. Now, Jesus had a commission for Peter. Remember, Peter's audience. And I ain't going to talk about the rest of the apostles, but Peter's audience was who? I want you to say this to yourself. Israel. You ought to know that by now. If you listen to my podcast, Israel is the audience. The same as James, the same as James. Israel is the order. It's the audience that Peter is called to teach to, not the Gentiles. Peter's audience was predominantly for Israel. The reason I'm saying predominantly because you had a few exceptions, you know, for being proselyted in, but I'm not going to get into that either. Peter's audience was Israel. Peter's audience, remember that. All the apostles' audience, but the emphasis is on Peter, and like it was the last time, James, but the emphasis is on Peter, okay? His audience is who? Say it to yourself. I know you don't hear me. We're not here live, but just say it to yourself. Israel. Israel, Israel, the Jews. Israel, 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 the Jews. Now, there was a separation between Israel and Judah. I think Judah had two tribes and Israel had 11 or vice versa, something like that. But they had split it up. 
11 went one way, or 10 went one way, and two were separated. Judah and Israel were separated back in, in the past, in the days of uh, the kings and all that stuff. But they were scattered. So when they went out, when Jesus was crucified, he reminded them what they was going to have to do, which was called the Great Commission. The Great Commission was always for Israel. It was meant for always. Uh, let, me, let me get my English together. The Great Commission was for Israel, was for the Jews, was going to be started with the 12. They was going to be the leader, especially Peter, James, and Paul. The Great Commission was for the kingdom program, not for the church today, the body of Christ. So you, the Great Commission was what? To go out into all the world and make disciples. But they had to start in Israel, Judea, Judea, Samaria, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, like that. It had to start in Israel. They had to get their flock saved and get their flock clean. They had to become priests. The flock had to become priests to get themselves prepared to go out to the world. Who's the world? The nations, the Gentiles, okay? So just think for now, everything is for the Jews for now. They never made it out of Jerusalem, come to think about it, but that's another teaching again. <laughs> so I only got so much time. I'm trying to give you a little opening on Peter, what Peter does. Peter's audience is who? Israel, the Jews. Okay. And that's why I keep repeating myself because I wanted to, I really wanted to get in you so you know who Peter, is, who he who he's called to go out to, to, uh, to teach the gospel to. Now you need to know what gospel? The kingdom of heaven. The gospel of the kingdom of heaven. What is the gospel of the kingdom of heaven? To believe that Jesus was their king. To believe that Jesus was their Messiah. To believe Jesus was the son of God for Israel. Okay? For Israel. That's the kingdom of the gospel. I mean, that's the kingdom of the gospel of heaven. Why do they call it the kingdom of the gospel of heaven kingdom? Jesus is the king that's going to be in the kingdom because without a king, you cannot have no kingdom. That's why when Jesus came, he was the fulfillment of their final one that they was looking for, their king to bring in or to usher in their kingdom for Israel. That was promised under the scene of King David the second king of Israel, you know, and the main real king for Israel, okay? All right, so Jesus finally returned. Many rejected him, but the little flock accepted him. Many rejected him. The leaders rejected him, the Pharisees, the Sadducees, and the Esses, and all them. The main leaders rejected him, but this little flock, Peter and the rest of the little followers, accepted Jesus. So that's who Jesus was focused on because I think of Matthew 13, he stopped going out to everybody because, you know, they didn't believe him. So he just mainly stuck with his flock. You know, I can find verses on that, but I don't have time now. So he stuck with the little flock. Jesus had his little flock starting with Peter and the 12. But who were, who was the message for? Remember, Israel. This is all about Israel. 95, 98% of the Bible is basically about the Jews, Israel. That's a fact, okay? No, don't listen to nobody else. The church is not the whole Bible. It's basically Israel. The church is the body of Christ. One of the churches is the body of Christ. 
the church today under Paul. But let me let me let me get some scriptures here. Okay, for run out of time. All right. <clears throat> so you know who Peter is. All right. Now to go fast forward, Jesus was crucified, but he came back. And he also told them to meet up in this upper room. 120, including Mary, the mother of Jesus, wind up meeting in that upper room. Now, you know the story about that, which starts in Acts 2. I'm going to go there. In the upper room. Because what? why did they go in the upper room? Because the promise of the comforter was going to come down. That's the Holy Spirit was going to come down to them. Come down for what? To give them the power and the anointing and the uh, the dodamus, you like to call it, to go out into what? All the world. See? Without the Holy Spirit, they could not do that. Now, in order for them to go out into all the world, they had to know the, the world's language. You follow what I'm saying? Remember, they're going out for Israel first. So let me just read this so I won't get you so confused. And uh, then we're going to I might have to break this in two segments, but I want to read uh, Acts 2. Oh, my ass. Even with glasses on, I got new glasses, but I still have a hard time seeing here. Okay. Now, this is Acts 2. Let me go through this real fast. I hope you get something out of this. That's real fast. And this is about Peter. I'm repairing the teachings of Peter and Paul, but I'm just giving you a background. How did they get to this, you know, this different type of gospels or different type of messages? Okay. And when the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were all with one accord in one place. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven as as of a mighty rushing wind. Listen to that as. And it said it was a mighty rushing, but it said as in the King James Version. As of a mighty rushing wind. And it filled all the house where they were sitting. And there appeared unto them cloven tongues like as he like as that don't mean it was uh, like as a fire and sat upon each of them. So it was like as a fire and sat upon each of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Ghost and began to speak with other languages. I'm going to put languages in front of tongues because tongues has just been out of proportion in a lot of churches. Okay. And they were all filled with the Holy Ghost or the Holy Spirit and began to speak with other languages as the Spirit gave them utterance. Verse 5, And there were dwelling in Jerusalem Jews, devout men, out of every nation under heaven. They was coming from the Gentile nations. The day of Pentecost was a big festival, so even the Jews that were scattered in those different nations, they know they have to meet up because that's part of the law. Remember, this is the law. They're still under the law. Okay, the law don't end in Malachi. Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, and the early Acts is still the law. Okay, so so they met up in Pentecost. Penta means 50. They met up with Pentecost. This is the day of Pentecost. That's why they was meeting up from different nations, because remember, they were scattered abroad. All right? And there were dwelling in Jerusalem Jews, devout men out of every nation under heaven. Now, when this was noised abroad, the multitude or the crowds came together and were confounded. They was amazed, confused, because that every man, listen to this, heard them speak in his own language. 
And they were all amazed and marveled. Marveled means they were surprised. They were shocked, saying one to another, Behold, are not all these which speak Galileans? Why did they say that? Uh, before I go any further, I want you to think about why did they say that? Ain't all these men Galileans? In other words, these are Galileans. How did they know our language? They only know one certain language. How do they know our language? Okay, so I want you to get that get that point right there. Now, verse eight, uh, and how do we hear every man in our own language? Like I just said, uh, King James says tongue. When we were born, we were born. In other words, whatever city they was in or nation they was in, they only spoke that nation's language. Listen, clarify closely. Now, these was different Jews that lived in these. Nations, Parthians, and Medes, and Elamites, and dwellers of Mesopotamia, and Judea, and Cappadocia, or Cappadocia, whatever you want to pronounce it, and Pontus, and Asia, and Phrygia, and Pamphylia, and Egypt, and in the parts of Libya, about Cyrene, and strangers of Rome, Jews, and proselytes, Cretes, and Arabians. We do hear them speak in languages. The wonderful works of God. The wonderful works of God. What was the wonderful works of God? The kingdom of the heaven gospel. The gospel message that Jesus has come. Jesus is the king. Jesus is the Messiah. That's the wonderful works of God. For not only that, but they're looking at miracles of Peter and all of them speaking in those different languages. Now, was it the whole 120? I don't know. I don't know. The Bible does not say, but it was 120 in the room. So I believe all of them was filled with the Holy Ghost. But the one that the main one that was doing the talking was, as you will see, would be Peter. And verse 12 says, and they were amazed and in doubt. Some doubted, saying one to another, what does this mean? Others mocked, said these men are full of wine. So in other words, they thought they were drunk. You know, the ones that didn't understand it thought they was drunk. You know, you get the mumbling or whatever like that. But Peter standing up, here's Peter, always outspoken. But Peter standing up with the eleven, lifted up his voice and said unto them, Ye men of, listen to the nations, Judea, and all ye that dwell at Jerusalem, be this known unto you, and hearken. Hearken means listen. Listen to my words. For these are not drunk like you think they are, sinning but the third hour of the day. So that's like the normal numeral time. So it was about, what, 9 o'clock in the morning? You know, third, the third hour means 9 o'clock in the morning. It was 9 o'clock, 9 a.m. in the morning. It was early, you know. But this is that which was spoken by the prophet Joel. It shall come to pass that the last day, saith God, I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh of your sons and your daughters shall prophesy and your men shall see visions and your old men shall dream dreams. So this was prophesied by the prophet Joel. You have to read the uh, book of Joel. Now, all the other stuff he's saying, listen to this. And in my service and on my hammers, I will pour out in those days of my spirit and they shall prophesy. Go back to this and it shall come to pass in the last days. Now, why did I go back to 17? Because he said, it shall, Joel prophesied, it shall come to pass in the last days. So since he came to pass in that time, that is to me the beginning of the last days. And the last days been going on ever since. And it will become, it will come into fruition after the tribulation. Okay. That's another teaching though, like I always say. So if you want to know when the last day started, it started in Acts 2 because it says, right, it shall come to pass in the last day. So the last days is after the death of Jesus. 
and the fulfillment of Pentecost right here. The last day started then. That's what I believe. Said God, I will pour out my spirit. So that was happening. All my servants and my handmaids. Verse 18, and I will show wonders in heaven. Now, 19 haven't came to pass yet. Okay? Verse 19 has not started yet. Acts 2 and 19. And I will show wonders in heaven above and signs of the earth beneath blood and fire and vapor and smoke. This is the tribulation period, which has not started. But they knew that it would happen any time. But the Jews had to believe because they had to go through their final cycle, their final chastisement. But verse 19 in Acts 2 has not started yet. What Everything else above, 18 and above, already came into fruition and started. Okay? But verse 19 is in the future now because it was postponed. That's another That's another story. Why it was postponed, I'm going to have to get in that another time. But it had to do something with Pastor Paul. <laughs> but, you know, it was postponed, you know. So I will show wonders in heaven, above signs, and, and in the earth, beneath the blood, fire, vapor. See, Peter and them knew about that. Those was the tribulation period. See, that's supposed to happen. If they would have obeyed, the tribulation periods would have came to fruition, the Antichrist and everything, if the Jews would have obeyed and accepted the Messiah then. So they was not talking about way thousands of years ago. They was expecting that time to happen soon, that time to happen in their time. But it was postponed because of their disobedience. That's why it's going to happen, you know, after the church is gone. So that's another in-between thing. All right. All right. Let's go. To now, Peter, who is who who is he called to minister to? Israel and the Jews, okay? Israel and the Jews. That's who Peter was called to minister to. All right. Never forget that. Let's go to Acts 10. Now you have many people said Peter was the first one that ministered to the uh Gentiles. Okay? Because through Acts 1. All the way, you say about, it gets to Acts 9, the conversion of the Apostle Paul, they were still under the law. It was still the kingdom of heaven gospel, believing who Jesus was. That's very important for you to remember, okay? From Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, all the way to, let me just get more, more broader with you. Okay, more broader with you. From Moses, Exodus 19, Exodus 24, since the law, all the way to Acts 9 was the message of the kingdom. The message of the Messiah is coming. It was all about Israel. It was under the law. You notice I didn't say Genesis because there was no law before Exodus. The law came through Moses. Grace and peace came through Jesus Christ. So in Exodus 24, between Exodus, Exodus 19 and 24, it was the law. So the law was in fruition from Exodus 24 all the way, you could say, to Acts 9, to the conversion of the Apostle Paul. It was the gospel of the kingdom of heaven, the program for Israel. I want you to remember that. So Peter and them knew about that. They knew they was going to be the ones that had to go out to the Gentiles. That was the original plan. See, that was the original plan, okay, to preach the kingdom message of who Jesus was, the Messiah, their king, the son of God, 
okay? That was always their message, okay? He came and he was crucified. They didn't even know about that. You know, they weren't even up on it when Jesus got and died. They wasn't expecting that. They thought he was come to get them to get them out of their mess then when he came the first time. Because when they read the book of Isaiah, they was thinking Jesus was coming to fulfill that then. Set up the kingdom. They knew they had to go through the tribulation period. And Jesus was going to set up his kingdom then and become their king and knock Rome out the box and everything. That's why a lot of them didn't accept him because he wasn't doing the things they thought he was going to do. It wasn't Jesus' fault. It was their fault. See, it was their fault. They should have been up on that. See, they knew Jesus was coming. They knew their king was coming, but he didn't come like they thought he was going to come. He came as this humble person doing, talking about love and healing people and stuff like that. And they didn't like his lingo. They didn't like what he was doing. They was looking for a king like David, you know, to set up the millennium kingdom. They knew all about that stuff, but they didn't think Jesus was the one because he didn't come like that. They didn't, they didn't look between that he was going to do all that on his second coming, set up the kingdom. That's what they was looking for. So the, the kingdom set up in the Jews' mind, thousands of years, was, they was looking for that to happen. They've been waiting for so long. And it still never happened, okay? Just like today, many people say, yeah, they talk about the rapture. They talk about this. It still never happened. They had, they was, they, they believe in that thinking was the same way then. Because, you know, if they would have been obedient, the leaders, and accepted Jesus as their king and everything like that, and whatever like that, Jesus still would have been the sacrificial lamb because in the book of Psalms, it was prophesied him to sacrifice himself anyway. Okay. So, but they never accepted him. So it was postponed starting and Acts 9 was the opening of the postponement. But anyway, from Exodus 24 all the way to, X, uh, to Acts 9 is the law, the kingdom program. You need to know that. I know I'm going to have to do a second one on this. Okay. All right. Let me have him get through this. All right. So Acts 1 when when they first asked Jesus, is this the, are you going to be setting up the kingdom now, Israel now? They said, read Acts one. You know, I can't go there now because I'm trying to get through it. But they, that that's going to uh, prove what I'm saying. They was looking for the kingdom to be set up, to restore the kingdom. Restore mean the kingdom that King David had at first. They was looking for a restoration, and Jesus didn't rebuke them and say they was wrong. You read it, you see he did not. But it was not that time. Only the father knows about that. You know, father's that. So you always have to keep them in check. He didn't rebuke them because they was looking for the setup of their king. They knew about all that. You know? All right. Now, that's Peter. Now, going into Acts 9 is the conversion of the Apostle Paul. I'm, I'm not going to read that now. But going into the, that's the conversion of the Apostle Paul. That's somewhat as I look at it, and many other teachers, grace teachers look at it, is the beginning of the gospel of the grace of God through the Apostle Paul, because it started with Acts 7 first with uh, Stephen. When Stephen got stoned, that was like the final strike. It was like strike three. It was like blasphemy. Faming. That was like the third strike when they stoned Stephen in Acts 7, and then some of the flock and all of them scattered, but the apostles stayed because they knew they had to do what they had to do, the Great Commission. They stayed, but they had never been, the Great Commission was never fulfilled. It's going to be fulfilled later on with the 144,000 virgins in the book of Revelation. Okay, I know that's losing a lot of y'all, but that's what you have to do to study your Bible. Okay, 
All right. So Acts 9 started the conversion of Paul. You can read that and see how he got converted. Jesus laid on down the line, told Paul who he's going to go out to. He told Paul he's going to suffer and you're going to be going out to. I'm going to use you. I'm, I'm paraphrasing. I'm going to use you to go out to who? The Gentiles. That's the first time that is it was uh, somewhat a split. In other words, see, everything was about Israel. Everybody, even the Gentiles, if they obeyed and done certain things, had to go through Israel. But Paul, God is finna use the Apostle Paul to go out to the Gentiles, but with a different message. Oh, excuse me. Different message, a different program. This is what we mean by dispensation, what Paul talks about four times in the Bible. Paul, in the King James Bible, uses the word dispensation. That means Paul is called to go into administration. Who called him? Jesus Christ. The one that he was persecuted because Paul was persecuting the church before he got converted. And that's not he persecuted what? The kingdom church. They used to call them the way. The way means the one that believe in the Messiah that followed Jesus Christ, the way. So they was known as the ones of the way. And the Apostle Paul, he was Saul then. Saul of Tarsus was persecuting the church. So he was doing his final persecution. He had some put in jail and he had some killed. The Bible didn't say he killed them personally. But, you know, it's just like you were murdering yourself. So he had some killed men and women. The Bible say he had some killed. He persecuted the church, the kingdom church. OK, I'm using those words purposely so, you know, it's all about Israel still. So when Paul got converted in Acts 9, knocked off his horse and was blinded by Jesus, bright light, the brilliancy of light. Jesus told Paul what he saw then, uh, what he had, to, what he wanted him to do. Remember, Saul is uh, his Jewish name. Paul is his Roman name because he was he had citizenship in Rome. So he had two names, Paul and Saul. Saul was his Jewish name and uh, Paul was his Roman name. So he had Jew and Gentile name. Isn't, isn't that interesting? <laughs> Jew and Gentile name. Paul is Gentile name and his his uh, Jewish name is Saul. Okay, so God was, was called uh, Saul then to go out to the nations. <clears throat> but to the Gentiles, the nations is Gentiles. Well, anyway, between that, Saul was growing. Between that, Paul was growing. He was getting little by little revelation from Jesus Christ from heaven about the gospel of the grace of God. Now, the book of Acts is not a doctrinal book. It's more like a history book. So you won't get a lot of, of Paul's doctrine in the books. He's done a lot of his missionary trips. Well, I wouldn't call it missionary trips, but a lot of his uh, different type of trips, you know, that he done in the book of Acts. But what he done in the book of Acts it all comes through in fruition and brought out in his 13 letters. So all Paul missionary, Paul's missionary journey, Galatians, Ephesians, Philippians, and all them other places, uh, Corinth, uh, Corinth and all those other places was fulfilled in his 13 letters. That's what those 13 letters come from, from all them places he went in the book of Acts, Gentile nations. He, that's why he said he's the apostle of the Gentiles. Paul says about four times, my gospel, mean he has a different gospel for the church today, which is us, you know. But back then, I'm just I'm just starting from the beginning. So therefore, Paul was sent to teach a different message to the Gentiles, not the same kingdom of God message or the kingdom of heaven message. But this is the beginning of grace. 
the gospel of the grace of God to the Gentiles, which is a better promise than Israel. And it made them jealous. God said, I'm going to make you jealous. Remember that in the book of Romans? And they're jealous because it's just a simple thing they have to do is believe what Jesus done. See, this is the the other side of the cross, like Trey Cersei like to say. This is the changeover from believing who Jesus was to for salvation, you know, Cancel baptizing and water and under the law, they had to do conditions and stuff like that to the gospel of the grace, only believing what Jesus done for us, for our sins by faith, unconditional. It became conditional to unconditional. Okay, so Paul is the apostle to who? The Gentiles. I want you to, I want to act like you all saying it. Who was Paul to uh, the apostle to? The Gentiles, Jesus' heavenly ministry, Jesus, same Jesus that done an earthly ministry for Peter now, is now doing this heavenly ministry, which is the new program until after the postponement for the Gentiles. Paul is going out to the other nations, which something that the unbelief of the Jews wasn't able to do. So Paul sent I mean, God sent Paul out to nations to fulfill that until later on down the line where Israel will have to go out again in the tribulation period with 144,000. Well, anyway, my time is running short. My time is running short. I'm going to have to do this another time when I find the time. But I want you to pay attention. I'm trying to lead up to Peter and Paul so you can know the difference in their teaching. One is for the Jews and one is for the Gentiles, okay? One is for Israel and one is for every other nation that's not a Jew. So uh, Paul was for the Gentiles. Now, you're going for, let's go to 10 right quick. Trying to get through this. Let's go to Acts uh, 10. Do, 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 Acts 10. Uh, I hope I'm not going too fast. I hate rushing through things, but because of time constraints, I'm trying to uh, get a little introduction of the differences between Peter and Paul, like I've done James. Okay, this is Acts 10. Now, you hear the stories of Peter was the first one that talked to the Gentiles. That's somewhat true. Yes, he was. But he wasn't called to go to the Gentiles. Paul was just getting Peter prepared that the Gentiles is finna receive a gospel. It's finna be saved too, but not by the same way. See, all this is new to Peter. This Peter is a very strict, devoted Jew. Okay, he followed the law the best he can. He's a devoted Jew, you know. He, he was strictly for the rituals and the Jewish laws and stuff like that, you know, the Mosaic law, the Torah, the five books of the Bible, Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy. He was a straight out, you know, character, strong in the law. So let's go to Acts 10. Let's check this out. There was a certain man in Caesarea called Cornelius, a centurion of the band called the Italian band. Now, first of all, you heard the word Italian? What that mean? That means he's a Gentile. Wise emphasis on the Jew, I mean, and the Gentile now. Before it wasn't, it was all Israel, but this is the first time the emphasis on the Gentile. Amazing. Two, a devout man, one that had feared God with all his house, which gave much alms to the people and prayed to God always. Now, listen to this a devout man and one that feared God. This is a Gentile that feared God. See, they didn't know too much about God, they were foreigners. 
They wasn't under the covenants. Gentiles were never under the covenants. So remember that. Without his house, which his family, in other words, gave much alms and people and prayed to God. Now, what was he doing? He was doing the obedient thing that Paul, I mean, not Paul, but God was telling Abraham, if a, somebody from another nation do these things, pray for them, help them out, whatever like that, it's called proselyte. So I believe he was a proselyte, okay? He saw in a vision, evidently, about the ninth hour, nine, nine, seven, eight, nine, ten, about 12 o'clock, Ninth hour, I think it's about 12 o'clock. He saw in a vision, 12 in the afternoon. Evidently, about the ninth hour, they said 12 o'clock in the afternoon, an angel of God coming to him and saying to him, Cornelius. And when he looked on him, he was afraid and said, What is it, Lord? And he said unto him, Thy prayers and thy alms are come up for a national memorial before God. That's when angels were still going back and forth. Gabriel and all that. I'm not saying this is Gabriel, but angels was messages. Angels is known as messages. So God sent angels as messages then, okay, for different duties. So angels is always known as messengers, okay? All right, five. And now send men to Joppa and call for Simon, whose surname is Peter. He lodges with one Simon a tanner, whose house is by the seaside, and he shall tell thee what thou oughtest to do. And when the angel was speaking to Cornelius, it could have been Gabriel, I don't know, but the Bible does not say so, I'm not going to say that. And when the angel which spake unto Cornelius was departed, or when he left, he called two of his household servants and devout soldiers with them that waited on him continually. And when he had declared all these things unto them, he sent them to Joppa. On the morrow, the King James said on the morrow, in other words, the next day. The next day, as they went on their journey and drew near to city, to the city, Peter went up upon the housetop to pray about the sixth hour. Now, the sixth hour was about, what did it say, six? I mean, it said seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve. Now, the ninth hour is about 3 p.m. Let me get there on the ninth hour is about 3 p.m. in the afternoon. I'm sorry, where Cornelius was praying. Peter started praying. It was about the sixth hour, which is about 12 in the afternoon. That's like a, a Roman numeral time. About 12 o'clock in the afternoon. I think the sixth hour is about 12 o'clock in the afternoon. Peter went up on the housetop and started praying. And he became hungry. He got hungry and would have eaten. But while they were ready, he fell into a trance and saw heaven open and a certain vessel descending unto him. And as it had been a great sheet knit at the four corners and let down to the earth, when were all manner of four-footed beasts of the earth and wild beasts and creeping things and tired fowls of the air. And there came a voice to him, rise, Peter, kill and eat. Check this out. And Peter, but Peter said, Not so, Lord, for I have never eaten anything that is common or unclean. And the voice spake to him, the voice was God, or it could have been Jesus. And the voice, both of them are God, in other words. And the voice came to him again the second time, What God hath cleansed that call not thou common. Whatever I have cleansed, don't call it plain. Whatever I have cleansed, don't call it simple. Whatever I have cleansed, don't call it unclean, in other words, you know. <clears throat> now, listen to this. This was done thrice, and and the vessel was received up again. Now, while Peter doubted in himself what this vision which he had seen should mean, what did it mean? Behold, the man which was sent for Cornelius, blah, 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 went through. I'm going to stop right there. Okay. In other words, in 10 and 14, Acts 10 and 14, Peter was saying, and which he is correct. He is very correct. And I'm going to stop. 
when God asked him to do something, it probably shocked him because God is strict on his laws. At that time, the Jewish law had to be fulfilled. You cannot eat certain animals. You know, they got all that in the book of Leviticus. You know about that stuff. You know, if you read, you know, you go back and read that. There's different type of animals with certain defects or whatever, or just certain type of animals. Israel, under the law, was not allowed to eat. Okay? That's why Peter said in Acts 10 and 14, paraphrasing, our Jewish laws have declared us not to eat unclean things. So what he was seeing in that miraculous vision was the animals they was not <clears throat> allowed to eat. But the kicker here, Peter did not understand because he was so stubborn that uh, God had to do it three times. Before he, Peter caught on later on, he explained that, I think, in Acts 17. But in Acts 10, he did not get it then, but he obeyed it. But he did not get it until later on the revelation came to him what it meant. Now, I'm going to tell you what it meant, and I'm going to close it. It meant God was finna open the doors to the Gentiles. The Gentiles, the nations, other nations besides Israel was known as unclean. There was a wall of partition between Israel and the Gentiles. So it's forbidden even for the Jews to even eat with them. It was forbidden for even Gentiles to come to inside the Jewish temple. They had an outside quarter. They can only come that close. So Peter was correct. They couldn't eat certain food. He couldn't eat certain food. So he was strictly strong on the law. So he didn't understand what God was doing. And he had to probably even question, is this God telling me that? <clears throat> is this God really talking to me, telling me to obey his own law? I can, I can, I can kind of feel what Peter probably felt. I'm not saying he said that, but you can feel, man, God telling me to obey my own law. Hmm. But he didn't know God was going to open the doors to the Gentiles through Paul. See, he didn't know none of that. He didn't know none of that. The doors are finna be open. That's why God said, whatever I made, don't call unclean. I mean, he means he's finna break the chains of the law. <clears throat> He's going to open the doors for everybody else in the world. This is the beginning of the gospel for all of us. Without that, we could not get saved unless you go through Israel. And I'm going to start right there and I'm going to continue with Peter. And then you're going to see where I'm going, the difference between the teaching of Paul and the teaching of Peter. I'm going to do this another time because time constraints. My time is getting short, but this is Joseph Brownlee. I'll be getting back with y'all with the showing the differences and comparing the teachings of Paul with the uh, the teachings of Peter. All right. God bless you all. I love you all. Hope you got something out of this. Until next time, I'm going to continue with the comparison with Peter and Paul when it comes to certain teachings and the gospel. This is very important for the church today. And your eyes should be open why the church is so confused now. God bless you all. Love you all. Peace out. Thank you for listening to Connecting the Dots. Bye-bye. Peace out.